Hey, it's me, the real Amy Sarah, and I'm so glad you joined me today. This podcast is about Mother Teresa's birthday and Women's Equality Day and how the lies I believed about myself created sadness and poor choices that I made as a mom. I'm here sharing all the things that I can remember about my one unforgettable life as I'm living with a progressive neurodegenerative disease. So I hope you'll join me all the way to the end and I hope you'll find something that you enjoy, something that brings you positivity or light or maybe challenges you to think a little differently today. Thanks again for joining me for Season 2, Episode 11. Today is Mother Teresa's birthday, and in honor of that, I do want to read a quote by her. Um, It actually says, Each one of us is merely a small instrument. All of us, after accomplishing our mission, will disappear. The only question is, will you collaborate with God so he can use you to do his work here on earth? The irony of the fact that today is also Women's Equality Day does not escape me. You see, in today's society, we like to compartmentalize things. Nothing is gray anymore. Everything is either or. And so it seems that you can't be a servant and have equal rights. You must either be a servant or be equal. And I think history has shown that that is the case for most things. Um, When we view a servant or a slave, uh, we view someone as having to be submissive to others without their own permission. I like to think that Mother Teresa chose her life because she loved the Lord and she wanted to serve him. And the love that she had for him maybe could have been anything else, but she she chose. Um, and I think if you read some on her, you'll find out that she had several experiences uh, which eventually drove her uh, service to, or her calling in life or her mi- ministry or mission into the slums of Calcutta. But there were other th- other ways and other gifts that she had that she used in service in other areas. So while we might know that Mother Teresa was really about helping the poor, the less fortunate, um, she had little uh, other little small ministries that maybe we aren't as familiar with because they weren't widely publicized. But I do believe that she, Mother Teresa, was highly intentional on all of her service and that she felt called to do those, those acts of service to others not because it would bring her um, recognition or fame or money, um, and not because she believed it would get her closer to heaven. I believe God put an ache in her heart for someone other than herself. And I also find that in today's day and age, that's also a rarity. I think people's hearts are burdened for other people, but I think we see less and less of people serving others than we did in years prior because it's not popular and it doesn't produce the kinds of things that our media is driven to produce. 
Now I say that on a podcast, right? And a podcast that's being monetized. So I want you to just remember that I'm one person. I have one podcast here. I'm using it to tell the story of my life so that my children might know me better. That one day when I'm not able to speak or type or write, that they'll be able to come on and find these podcasts and know, hey, this is what mom thought about that. Or, oh my gosh, can you believe she was so out of touch with reality? I think we all at one point or another feel as though our parents are outdated or perhaps they they have different values and their, their value system is outdated. But the reality of it is we all want the same thing. We all want to live in a peaceful environment. We want our families to be safe. We want our towns to be safe. We want our cities and our our modes of transportation and our buildings to all be safe for everyone, not just for ourselves. I think as a parent, you know, the majority, I would say all, but not all, because I know there are parents who don't care, but the majority of parents do want the best for their children and do care about their children. I think we all use a different mode or means to get there, and that's certainly understandable in the way the world is today. What I'm trying to say is now that I'm almost to the end of my life, I feel like I understand a lot more about what my parents were going through in the middle of theirs. So while people might not see that women's rights, women's equality, and Mother Teresa and her service actually go hand in hand, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate that Mother Teresa did not care. She did not get involved in the trappings of the world, the politics or the arguments about whether or not she was equal. She just went out and did the serving. And and really, if we all just did that, what? just ponder for a second. If every woman in this world did not worry about the other things in the world, the trappings of the world, but instead gave up herself in acts of service every chance she had, what kind of world would we live in right now? How amazing would that be? And let's pon- let's go a little bit further and let's ponder the idea that men would do this as well. That men would live up to their potential, not only in the role that they have as a leader, but in the role that they have as a servant. I think that when I say the role men have as leaders, it it offends people. And I want you to be very cautious about being offended by that. Because the reality is, that's the case. And the reality is also that humanity, if you look at the role of a leader in in light of the Bible, humanity has it all wrong. The Lord taught us that leaders are servants. Leaders don't sit down at the head of the table and lead the meeting. The leaders are sitting by the door washing the feet of everyone who enters in. The leaders aren't the ones who are banging the gavel. The leaders are the ones for pray, who are praying for intercession, for God to be present, and for God to be the judge. That's what Jesus did. And if you look at his life and you emulate him, then 
we are doing it all wrong. We are not leading the way we should be leading. Not men, not women, and not children. And yes, all of those categories are are leaders. We have men who are leaders. Obviously, the majority of leaders in our country are men, whether we like it or not. The majority of of women who are leaders are leading in civic, they're leading in business, they're leading in education. Look at the areas where women are leading and see how are those women leading. Is there space made for women to lead by serving? No, absolutely not. Because if you're a servant, you can't be a leader. That's what the world teaches us. And how about children who are leading? Children who are leading are encouraged, I think, to look around and and take notice. Maybe do some civic engagement. I know that the, the majority of some high schools around my area are promoting a silver cord, which means that the, the students are uh, required to perform so many acts of volunteer service, which could be akin to servanthood. But if the reality is that they're doing it for a cord in order to get scholarship money, they're not really doing it as an act of service. They're doing it as a business transaction. You see, that's also what some people feel like they're doing when they give a gift. A gift is something that you give away with no strings, no ideas, no attachments, no encumbrances. But most people who give a gift, who want something in return, don't realize that that's not a gift. That's a business transaction. And there aren't enough of us who are brave enough who are willing enough and who have the energy to sit down and explain these things to people. Because what happens in today's world is everyone gets their feelings hurt and no one wants to sit and listen. Mother Teresa was a quiet woman. She was four foot, I think, like 11.8 inches. I mean, she was tiny. When I was a young woman, I was five foot 11. So I had a whole foot on her. I'm also large boned. Like, I'm not ever going to be petite. I have to buy large bracelets, large watch bands, all the likes. I'm big, but I'm not equal. I'm not equal. And the reason I'm not equal is because I'm a woman. And I will put this out there. I know that there are men who will disagree. And I know that there are women who will disagree. But when you think about what's expected of a woman and what's expected of a man, in today's world, you cannot rightly say that we're equal because it's not standard. It's not a standard expectation for a man, for a male, for a gender assigned male to go out into the work world and work and earn good money, but also raise children whether that be to home educate them or to send them off to school and pack their lunch and make sure they're signed up for all of the things and to come home at night and to cook a meal for the entire family and to clean up after that meal and to continue working late into the night on laundry and, you know, dusting and vacuuming and things like that. There, there, that is not the standard for men in the United States of America. I don't know if the standard for men anywhere. But it is the standard for women. Like, 
our job is to keep the home and the children. And then if we want to get a job, we must have the job in addition to the other responsibilities. I just don't see that as equal. Now that you've heard that perspective, remember that I am a stay-at-home mom, that I educate my children here at home. Uh, This year will be the first year my daughter will go out into uh, an educational setting that is not primarily at home. They have had, you know, uh, some, some enrichment courses and some collaborative classes in the past, but never have we had a, like a set schedule where we had to be somewhere at a specific time for more than two hours a day. We're going to have that more than once a week now. So So change is coming to our home, but for the most part, I am here with children all day. I do educate them here. And then whatever enriching activities that we do, I organize or I set up, and then I am responsible to get the children to and from those activities. Um, And proof of this is my husband today asking um, when the children's next dental appointment was, and I said, I have to make it. And he was headed into the dentist office and he said, well, I'll just make it while I'm there. And I said, do you know the children's schedule? And there was dead silence because of course he did not. And I said, I didn't think so. You'd better let me make the schedule, schedule the dental appointments. It's not because my husband isn't a good father. He's a wonderful father. He's a loving father. He's generous in all his dealings with our children. But it's not quote unquote, his job to be responsible for the children's comings and goings. That's my responsibility as the wife. Now, am I offended by that responsibility? No, I am not. I actually cherish that. I love it. When we tried for 13 years to conceive a child And then that child was born. We received our first miracle and our daughter was born. I didn't want to go back to work. I wanted to be home with her, to nurture her, to give her a life where she had an unabated access to her parents, specifically to me because I was able to be nurturing to her and be at home. My husband earned more per hour. And so therefore, you know, it was, it made more sense for him to be the worker and for me to be at home. He also enjoyed that ability to provide for us. However, I sensed a call on my life in 2000, which was about eight years before she was born. And that call was to be a minister to young people, to teenagers. Um, and I was before she was born. But for some reason, I felt as though I still needed to be doing it after she was born. And so when I probably knew better, I put her in daycare and I went to work for the church. I am not saying that God's work isn't important work. What I am saying is that I am a person who has struggled my whole life. I have struggled with allowing who I am to be enough. I have believed errantly that what I do is more important than who I am. And therefore, me going to work and being a youth minister and reaching youth who are 
struggling or who are hurting was more important than just being just sister's mom. You see, that's, that's truth right there. That is real painful. So I'll say that again. I believed that doing God's work and being a youth minister and bringing youth who were hurting and outside of the church into the church and helping them find the love of Christ and teaching them to live that love, I believe that was more important than being sister's mom, being the mother to my daughter, the mother that I had longed to be my entire life and tried 13 years, three of the country's top fertility clinics to become. I gave that up to be doing something instead of being someone. Now, do I regret any, any relationship that I have with any youth after my child was born? No, never, never. I love those kids. They're now adults. I love them like they are my own kids or now like they're my brothers and sisters, which they always have been. I love them. I pray for them. I worry about them. They're, they're part of me. They're part of who I am. But if I had it to do over, I would say to my younger self, younger self, you got a long life ahead of you. And you wanted these babies for 13 years. Before you sign that contract, take a minute and just breathe and go, you know, walk around the room, carry your baby and say to yourself, ask yourself this question. Is everything that's outside of this world more important than what's in my hand? No, it's not. It's not. Don't do it. Don't give up five of your daughter's years of her life so that you can minister to other kids. And you know, I did that not once, but twice. Because after I left that job, I came to become a paraeducator in a school district because we wanted to move um, to a different place where, my, where our daughter could go to school. And well, when she goes to kindergarten, I'm not going to just let her go there by herself. I'm going to be there with her. So of course, yes, I'm going to become a paraeducator. So I did that. And of course, I had a son by that time. Um, we received our second miracle uh, two years and six months after our daughter was born. And so now I have two babies and my son, of course, you know, I have the most wonderful best friend that I grew up with kind of ish. I spent my young adulthood being best friends with, and I trust her with my life. And so of course I trust her with my children. She's an excellent mother to them and she's an excellent daycare provider to them. And so it was not like I was leaving my kid in a building with 80,000 other kids to be playing video games all day. Absolutely not. I was leaving him in the care of someone who, should I die, would be receiving him anyway. But I did it to go to work. Why? Because I wanted to be in a building with my daughter because I wasn't brave enough to homeschool her because I didn't want to explain my choices to someone else because I was afraid to go against the norm because I was afraid to ruin her life. (laughs) Yeah, all those things are true. Yes, all of those things. And so by operating out of that fear, I wasted five more years of her life and five years of my son's life and then three more years of my son's life. 
So it wasn't until my son started coming home from school upset every day. And then finally, the last day he said, mom, I'm up to here. And he had his, he had his hand, his little hand. He was in, I think second grade. He had his hand up to his throat and it was just like a cutoff line. You know how you put your hand up to your head and you say, I've had it up to here and it's really over your head. So that means you've had enough. Well, he was telling me his emotions were in his throat and he said, I can go a little bit longer, mom, but not much. I'm getting to the point where I can't take anymore. That's what he was trying to communicate with me to me at seven years old in the car on our way home from school. And every day after that, I had to look at my child as he was so afraid to get out of my car to go to the school building where he was supposed to be getting an education and watch me drive away and choose somebody else's kid over my own because I was under contract. I signed a contract. I had to fulfill my duties that year. And as, as a paraeducator in special education, that, that was my job. I, I went to school literally to partner up with someone else's kid and ensure that they got the free and appropriate education they deserve. My kid wasn't even getting that. That's the sacrifices. That, that's what I did. I sacrificed my own children in the name of concern and caring and loving other people's kids, but also in the name of money and recognition and a sense of satisfaction and a sense of self-worth. And I'm very disappointed and I'm very embarrassed to say that. I, I, that's probably one of the most frivolous f- choices I've ever made with time. And I regret every, every day. But I'm, I'm far enough in the future from those choices that I understand the consequences now. And so I'm saying this to anyone who's younger than me to any little mom, any mom who's new, any mom who's got a six-year-old or seven-year-old or 10-year-old, if you have a calling in your heart, if you feel God is saying to you, I need to homeschool my kids, get your kids out of the school today on the sixth day of school or whatever day it is, pull them out. In my state, the state of Iowa, our governor has graciously, and our, our state has changed the law. I didn't like this change. I think it's kind of not good, actually. I don't like the change. But it's handy for right now, because I'm telling you, if you feel called, if God has whispered into your heart, keep your kids home, be with your kids, spend your time with your kids, then you need to be listening to that whisper. Pay attention, pay attention, because you will be me in 10 years, in 12 years, you will be me. You will be regretting every single day that you don't listen to that whisper. I really appreciate the fact that y'all have been listening so far. Um, I want you to hear me say that Mother Teresa was a servant leader. She was extremely loved and very generous with herself, her time, and her gifts. I want to be like Mother Teresa. I strive to be like Mother Teresa. Um, I will never be a saint. I love Jesus, but I do cuss. Um, I I made bad choices as a mom early on in my, my mothering life. Um, I did pull my kids out of school when they were in fifth grade and second or 
going into sixth and third. So they've been, I've been homeschooling them for three years now. It's been the most magical three years of my life. I would never, ever change a thing except maybe I would choose the right path. And that was, that would be to start when, when I should have started, which is never sending them to public school. I never should have sent them to, to preschool, (sighs) but I did. And that's where I'm at. So kids, if this is you listening, I am very sorry. I'm sorry for letting you down by sending you to the public school when you didn't want to go. I'm sorry that I chose other people's kids over you time and time again. I am sorry that I told you that you had to sacrifice because there were people in the world who hurt worse than you did. Because while those things are all true, your mommy shouldn't have been telling you that. Your preacher should have. Or somebody else but not me. So I hope you'll forgive me. But more importantly, I hope that you will make better choices with your children. Because I want you to be smarter than me and stronger than me and braver than me. And I hope that's how I'm raising you to be. I'm very thankful. I'm thankful that I still have time. Not much, but I still have a few years left and I'm going to use that time to build into my kids. So that means I'm going to bed Mm, right now. Thanks again for stopping by, friend. I'm so glad you checked in today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, leave a comment if you found anything of value, or if you think this might brighten someone's day a little bit or maybe challenge them to think a little differently, go ahead and share it. Please reach out if you need to, and remember... We're all in this together. Thank you.